0: mm mm-hmm. And good evening to you wherever you may be around the world. Welcome to the Lighthouse Live International Podcasting Network. Pastor Mike Douglas with you, along with our producer and co-host, Chris Whitler. Hey, hey. Fresh from a recording session, right? down In Southern California. Tell us a little bit about that before we get going. (laughs)
1: Uh well, traveled down to the desert last week, uh and But uh, not there forty days. No, maybe. I wasn't no, I was only there any. four days. <laughs> okay. And uh yeah, I have a new collection of songs that I wanted to get recorded, so my friend uh set up his recording rig in a little cabin out in the middle of nowhere cool. like i had to run around to find a cell phone <laughs>
0: signal kind of like the
1: purse summit sometimes, <laughs> yeah, yeah it? that's right <laughs> so we're out in the middle of the desert and just worked as hard as we could for four days into the night every uh, night I missed the super bowl All for the sake of the music, suffering for Christ, (laughs) right there in in Southern California. I did come up for a few wings. Oh, there.
0: (laughs) So the Palm Desert is that where you were
1: near Joshua Tree National Mm -hmm. Park? Yeah, but out in the middle of absolute nowhere
0: so uh maybe in a couple of weeks we we could maybe hear a sample of uh, what you've done
1: yeah actually it's going to be a while it'll probably be mastered and all finished up by probably by june so sometime in the spring
0: very cool we'll look uh, forward to that
1: yeah i'm excited for people to hear it
0: very cool hey by the way our special guest tonight kevin carroll from the modesto gospel mission kevin welcome and uh kevin's not really a newcomer to to town Right, you got got association with Modesto oh, there. Oh, yeah, well, mo- most long long definitely. roots, right? Yeah. Well, we're going to explore that. He's in an there, old in a newcomer. Minutes. He's an old I'm newcomer. Old wait, newcomer. Wait. yeah, the I think least. somebody it's else.
2: I think I was just you know was going to comment. You know, Chris, you missed the Super Bowl. I think somebody else missed the Super Bowl. Yeah, who's that? Uh The Broncos. I, <laughs> uh, I am a Bronco fan. That's why. I can <laughs> oh man, yeah. so was, yeah. so, yeah. wasn't that kind of sad? Uh, I
0: felt
1: sad.
2: Yeah, it was You're quite quite the uh one sided. uh Anyway, we'll leave it right there. <laughs> yeah,
0: well, and and I, I felt bad for Mr. Manning. You know, I, I just think he's a class act, and I just felt very bad about
2: that. Omaha, Omaha. That's all I can uh, say. Yeah, there he <laughs> is. <laughs> there you go.
0: Yeah, we'll be talking to Kevin in just a couple of minutes right now. Let's check in with our friends from Voice of the Martyrs. What
1: will people that i Jesus freak. What
2: Hey, what's up? This is Toby Mack with a story of two more real-life Jesus freaks from The Voice of the Martyrs.
1: In 9th
0: century Spain, two sisters found themselves standing before a Moorish judge. Nunilo and Elodia were charged with apostasy because they had a Muslim father but were devout Christians. At first, the judge offered them wealth and good marriages if they would recant Jesus. But when they stood firm, he began to threaten torture and execution. The sisters responded that no one is richer or a better bridegroom than Jesus Christ, our Savior. Nunilo and Elodia were executed with a sword, but their witness lives on. For stories of modern-day Jesus freaks, go online to persecution.com. You know, isn't that put in perspective the sacrifices that, that we make? Mm. You know, and, and you look back in history, and, and right now, in, uh, some of the, the Middle Eastern countries, the, the sacrifices, the prices that are paid for, uh, calling upon the name of Jesus Christ and, uh, pr- brings to mind, you know, Paul telling us that we ought to offer our bodies as living sacrifices, holy mm-hmm. and acceptable uh, to God, which he feels is, is our reasonable. You no know, active active service really really puts it in perspective.
1: Yeah, a lot of times we think about modern inconveniences as our suffering. or yeah. this is my thorn. You know, I have to put up with someone that's irritating or something <laughs> like that. But uh, why yeah, were you looking at me <laughs> when you? <saying, laughs> well, I'm just talking to you. Oh, okay, all right. Just, <laughs>
0: just saying. This is an just intervention. Or <laughs> <laughs> well, speaking of uh, communing with with God, uh, Kevin. You had your first prayer summit with us here yeah. back in, in January, your, your first year with us. Any, anything, any reactions to that, any uh, takeaways that, that we can talk about? <laughs> <for a summit?
2: laughs> well, yeah, it was it was a great time. I think any time you can get together uh, in the presence of the Lord with, with men who are like-hearted and like-passioned to, to serve the Lord... Uh, God's going to show up, and uh, he did. Um, showed up in a complete different way than I expected, mm-hmm. um, and I think probably in talking to a lot of the folks that went, it was a little bit different. Uh, I don't have much to compare it to, right. um, but the fact of the matter is that it really kind of leaned on me to think about what time am I spending alone with God. I mean actually alone, not not mm-hmm. with any, you know, background music, with anything else but just to to commune with God and to get alone and and I'll tell you that Mission Springs, beautiful place up there, and it's a great place to to get alone with God and to uh to just Allow your thoughts to be taken captive and, uh, not by anything else except by, by him. So I, I enjoyed it. The guys, I took some of the staff from the mission. Yeah, that was very cool. And, uh, we, we bonded. Um, the rooms were a little bit small <laughs> and, um, bunk beds even. Yeah, bunk beds. And I was, I, I was praying in my sleep that the bed above me would not come crashing <laughs> down on me, but they're pretty, they're pretty solid, but, you know, no, but, but I think, I think the most important thing was too, that, that, that there was a lot of good connections made mm-hmm. yeah. and that, you know, that men could be vulnerable in that circle. I mean, when you did that exercise of when we walked across the, 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 uh, the room, you know, uh, under different, you know, um like categories, I just, that blew me away. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, so...
0: Well, and I, I guess in, in one way, it's sad that we have to go to a prayer summit to get away so that we can really focus and, and not be distracted, you know, with God. But the reality is, you know, the, the, the busyness of ministry, at least the way it's structured here in the West, is such that oftentimes that gets crowded out. And we have to be very intentional about taking that time with God, you know?
2: so. Yeah, I mean, we just... Um... Had a staff retreat um hmm. for the the forty forty four staff we have at the mission, we split it up into two groups, and the purposes and and actually the theme of the 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 retreat was romans twelve and one and two uh, a renewal and uh, something that I share with the staff you know it 's interesting we all want to be renewed and we all want to be transformed, but there 's an act that we have to do, and that 's presenting ourselves mm-hmm. as that living sacrifice so if we're not willing to present ourselves to the Lord and say, Lord, here I am, renew me, transform me, help me not to conform to the world around me, then the whole process, it, it doesn't happen. It's predicated on that, that we present our bodies as a living sacrifice. And the problem with the living sacrifice is it crawls off the altar. Uh, you know, um, I've heard that many times, but it was a good time with our staff, um, and, um, looking forward to it, paying dividends in their personal life. Speaking into the lives of other people who came from very difficult situations, who are now giving back to the same crowd where they came from, mm, um, mm-hmm. it, it, to me was like, it was a no-brainer.
1: And that kind of goes back to a theme that came out at the prayer summit where our facilitators said that transformation in a city can only happen through people who are being transformed Themselves. Mm -hmm. Often we want to see the greater transformation happen in a community, but that won't happen until it's happening in me Mm. and those around me and our communities, you know, as that kind of circle widens, then we'll see greater transformation happen in the city. Yeah. But but it's, it all boils down to what's in our heart.
2: And and then we talked about the butterfly effect Mm -hmm. in a sense of, you know, how one person's life, can make a difference mm-hmm. in, in the lives of many. And we talked about that in, in Romans chapter five, where by one man's disobedience, sin entered the world, but by another man's obedience, that sin was eradicated. The punishment mm. of sin was eradicated. So butterfly effect from Adam was his sin entered the world, sin nature, butterfly effect of Jesus. He eradicated the sin and the punishment for sin, you know, and, and developed that. Reconciliation with God mm. so yeah.
0: and we'll we'll get into this uh, in a couple of minutes, but I think those that we serve can tell in a nanosecond when we haven't presented ourselves as a living sacrifice because it comes off shallow. And uh, I don't want to say phony because oftentimes there's good intentions. There's not so much, but 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 well, they can tell when it's a superficial act versus man. We've we've really prepared ourselves, and 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 the Holy Spirit's really working through this relationship that's being built. Mm. Uh, very important. <clears throat> you were mentioning the uh, Super Bowl, both of you, all of us, uh, a couple of minutes ago, and very interesting. Brad Davis and the Pacific Justice Institute have a have a very interesting. Update this week on that very subject. Let's listen to that. It's time for The Legal Edge, a look at your rights as a Christian, a parent, and a citizen. And now with a look at what's happening on the legal front, the president of the Pacific Justice Institute, Brad Dacus. Have you noticed the recent and intense attack on football? New tackling restrictions to reduce injuries. A lawsuit against the NFL claiming multiple concussions turned a player into a murderous maniac. Though professional players are very well compensated, and none of the claims that multiple concussions cause dementia and other mental issues are conclusively proven, the calls to restrain and regulate the game of football are intensifying. Well, Pacific Justice Institute recognizes that these kinds of decisions are are best made by parents, not politicians. We must resist the insidious creep of government into every area of our parental rights. I'm Brad Dacus. To find out more about The Legal Edge, call 916-857-6900
2: or log on at pacificjustice.org.
0: Alright, I know I'm gonna get cards and letters on that one. I'm, I'm, I'm pretty sure, but you know.
1: <laughs> Send them to Mike. Uh, yeah, thank you.
0: Uh, or maybe you could take over that day, Chris. So, but anyway.
1: Hey, it, you it, are leaving town.
0: I am leaving town, but, but not forcibly. I'm not being run out of town. I'm actually voluntarily doing that. Yeah, I have the, uh, Opportunity with with uh, Ross Briles, one of our fellow pastors, to go to the Mission America conference. The um, really it's the U.S. Lausanne uh, conference arm, mm-hmm. and uh, we're going to be meeting in North Carolina at the Good Billy luck. Graham Center there. And at present, it's twenty five degrees with ice storms. So, I, I, you know, I'm watching the Olympics and thinking maybe I should learn how to ice skate here pretty quick. <laughs> and that, that may be our main mode of transportation over there. I'm not sure. Although it's a long way to ice skate back from North Carolina to Modesto, California. I'd I hate I to see Ross do
1: a triple sow cow. You know, I'm ice. not
0: even going to touch that one. <laughs> 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 our beloved yeah. brother. Actually, I saw him do one of those last year when we were at uh, uh up near uh, Pinecrest yes. at, at Camp Chinkapin. Yes. It was very entertaining, you know. Our brother wears um cowboy boots mm-hmm. uh, or is it western boots? There's a difference and he right. often tells me that and I'm not sure what it is. But anyway, he was we we had a cabin way up the hill and it was snowing pretty good, you know. It was very slick and he slid all the way down to the, uh, uh, the kitchen area. It was very entertaining to watch. Good thing and he's a skier. I think he did quadruple sow cows and, uh, <laughs> whatever, whatever those things are. It's, it's, uh, he would have got a 10.0, I think. They don't do that anymore. Do you remember when they used to hold up the signs? Yeah. At the Olympics, you know, yeah. 6.5, what, you know, whatever. That days has gone by. We're now That's in the right. digital age, but I digress. Let's come back. <laughs> Kevin Carroll and the Modesto Gospel Mission, uh, now uh, at the helm, the chief at the helm of, of the mission. And, and we're happy to have you here in
2: town. It's been a long time coming. It has been, yeah. uh, you know, God just kind of tapped me on the shoulder and said, okay, buddy, it's uh, time for you to go back home. Uh, we have been, just to give you a little history. Um, originally from California, Grew up in the Monterey Bay area, moved around a, a little bit. My father was a Safeway store manager when I was a kid. Um, it was funny. Growing up, kids are like, do you get free groceries? Uh, no, we don't. We have to pay extra. <laughs> uh, no. But, uh, you know, so it, it did some moving around um, and ended up in uh, Modesto, uh, lived here for 20-plus years, served as a probation officer in this county for six years, And then worked with Teen Challenge over in Oakland for a while, and then went to. Prior to that, went to Wyoming, Um, and I, you know, the first winter I was like, God, maybe you met Waikiki, (laughs) the wrong (laughs) W. I mean, October twenty seventh, we'd get our first storm. It'd be like three feet of snow, and then it would just pile on top of that. So, um, God allowed me to be part of a great ministry, Heaven's Gates and Hell's Flames. Did that for about seven years. Met my wife. Uh, at a singles Bible study, that's a great place to meet a, a, a wife. Just let you know that. And, uh, <laughs> we got married eight months later and then eight months later we were on the mission field in South Africa. Wow. Uh, Where'd you go it. in South Africa? We were doing the drama, uh, okay. and training, training nationals to, uh, to do the drama. And God moved us back home. I went back to work with Teen Challenge in Oakland. Uh, that was 2001, 2006. Then God did a complete shell game with us and, uh, sent us to Pennsylvania and uh, I had never really worked with the homeless population as a job. I had ministered to the homeless on many occasions and actually was uh, in the singles group over at uh, our, at Calvary temple at that time it was Calvary temple. Now the house um, ministering to the homeless in the, in the park. And I never would have imagined that I would, you know, so long story short, I ended up being a director of a mission in Pennsylvania, Williamsport, Pennsylvania, oh. um, home of the Little League World Series, if you know anything about the Little League Amen. World Series. Yeah. Um, and uh, we'll actually miss seeing it personally. Uh, used to take the kids over there, slide oh, down the man. hill and whatnot. Uh, I never slid down the hill because it would have been like Ross's ordeal. Um, <laughs> I imagine the Russian judge would have given me at least a two or two, three yeah, on, that, okay. yeah, on that one. But So uh, uh, God moved us back. Uh, to Modesto, we've been back eight months and been blessed to be a part of the mission. Um, uh, and again, if you would have asked me 20, 25 years ago when I was running through the streets of Modesto chasing people, uh, I would have never imagined that, that God would have brought me back here. But you know, the great thing is that I've learned through this whole experience that, um, well, first of all, uh, God will do what he needs to do in our lives to, to get us to the point where we need to be. But, but secondly, our faithfulness and obedience to his call, um, you know, is, is a wonderful thing. And he, again, he's purposed in his heart for us, uh, a, a special ministry. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I love what I do. Um, I love working with the people that we work with, uh, seeing the, the hopeless and the hurting and the homeless taken care of. And, um, I believe that's what God has called me to do for the rest of my life. And, uh, and I love being a part of the mission. So you're,
1: you're still trying to find people in the streets of Modesto, but for a different, uh, whole different reason.
2: <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. And, uh, I am chasing them down, uh, in the name of Jesus, yeah. uh, to say, Hey, look, you need to get into a shelter, uh, whether it's the mission or the army or wherever you get, get your life back together. Mm-hmm. So
0: one of the things that, that we noticed immediately, Kevin, as, as you arrived in town and you began to take over the, the helm there at the gospel mission, was your passion for collaboration and, and partnerships. The, the None of us can, can do it alone. And I'm sure that's got to be part of your ministry philosophy. Uh, t- tell us a little bit about your perspective on that and, and what kind of value you put on collaboration.
2: Well, you know, it, it kind of stems from looking at the life of Jesus and the disciples. Um, Jesus could have not even involved disciples in this whole process of reaching the world, but he saw fit to speak into their lives and to say, hey, look, this is what I want you to do. I want you to go, and I want you to teach, and I want you to reach people. Okay, Um, So right there, there was collaboration at its best. Um, Now, of course, it took a while for it to take with the disciples, but eventually it did, and every one of them turned into uh, an incredible uh, force for the kingdom. Um, But I really believe that we can get more done together than we can apart. Um, and that ministries have been silos for so long. Yeah. Um, afraid of yeah. all kinds of different things. Now, we're not going to, as the Modesto Gospel Mission, I'm not going to compromise our standard. Okay. We're a gospel mission. We believe that the gospel of Jesus Christ is the, is the salvation for these folks we work with. Okay. Um, and for the world. Um, so we're not going to compromise that, but it doesn't, that doesn't disallow people from coming to the table to say, Hey, look, we want to work together. We want to collaborate. Um, and look, quite honestly, um, at the end of the day, it's not going to, it's not going to be about us. Uh, Christ is coming back for a church, mm-hmm. a church, not many churches, mm-hmm. a church that is unified. And I believe that unification happens when we collaborate under the name of Christ and, and say, Hey, look, we can do this together. Uh, now we can still do it apart, but I think, like I said, we can get more done together than we can apart. We're Absolutely.
0: Better, better together. Yep. Better sure. together. And I think Chris, one of the things that, that I've seen coming from originally the LA area being in Sacramento for a while, uh, there is something special in this particular area. Uh, in terms of the partnerships between government and nonprofits, government and and ministry here, I have never sensed a uh, a block. I've always sensed an openness. Uh, we have a police chief and a and a sheriff and uh, the city council and, and county. I mean, there are, there are uh, men and women of integrity and and godly people at all levels of government. And what I what I really appreciate about being here is that working relationship and and yeah we have to be a little bit careful you know because there are boundaries that, that legally we have to uh observe but there's an openness to uh to collaborating that really is is refreshing to us here at, at abc and i'm sure uh chris and your pursuits and, and kevin and yours as well and it's a blessing i think that may not last forever but we need to take advantage of it now
1: yeah, speaking of collaboration, you want to say something about the meetings that, uh, you're hosting there at the mission? Yeah,
2: well, it's actually, I mean, we're just hosting and That was an idea. Actually, uh, you know, uh, uh, Jeff Fishney, who is a champion for organizations and for collaboration, um, I got an email when I first got here, uh, and he said, Hey, want to get together and talk to you about doing something with the folks that, you know, work with the homeless. So at one catalyst, we, we talked, um, and, we started having a, a meeting at the. We got together. Originally, we were meeting in Huckleberries, and uh God bless Huckleberries; is a great place to meet. <laughs> but we were ran out by the red hat ladies. It was one day. the
1: day the red hat ladies, ladies arrived. Yes. Oh the red no! Hat ladies. God Pick bless them. Out.
2: They were so sweet with their red hats, and they had little party favors <laughs> and stuff. But we couldn't compete with them. <laughs> we really couldn't, and so we
1: <laughs> we were screaming at the top of yeah. our lungs trying yeah. to. So
2: what do you do for the homeless? <laughs> you know, the ladies are looking at us like – so we thought, well, let's move it to the mission just initially. Mm. And then what we want, really want to do is we want to go to different organizations, different meeting sites to meet there. Because it's really not about the mission's agenda. It's about the agenda of, first of all, the Lord, but secondly, of all the organizations we work with. So we we have been meeting on the second –
1: Something like yeah, that. Yeah, so we've changed it around so many times. I would say it's the
2: third Monday of the uh, That's of, what it is. of the month, yeah. and um, we've had a lot of folks come to the table, um, and it's been good.
1: And it's everybody that has, um, some kind of either ministry or outreach to uh, the homeless and low income population of our city.
2: Yeah, so it's a real. It's a real uh, uh, support system for those of us in that ministry because it can be discouraging at times um but also to hear the stories of encouragement coming from the different organizations just kind of what you know we partnered uh recently with uh the house um they do a great program with the bicycles handing out bicycles Mm -hmm. and
1: uh and they have like a repair
2: van yeah they have a repair van that goes out Mm -hmm. you know and uh so i was talking to the coordinator one day at actually at a meeting and um he asked me, would you guys be willing to partner with us? I said, sure. So we were able to come up with some resources uh, to give them some funds for locks. Because mm-hmm. what good is a bike without a lock, particularly right. with the homeless people? So we're looking to partner in, in, in new and unique ways. I'm an out-of-the-box thinker, okay, um, d- just have always been. And, and uh, I learned something recently that I've always been very tactical, in my approach because I've always been hands-on and now God's moved me into the strategic. Um, That doesn't mean I don't go back and and do the hands-on stuff, but as a strategic person now at the mission, trying to decide how can we help? How can we better the community? How can we partner with agencies that are doing the same thing that we're doing, not recreating services in a sense, but streamlining them and making them better. So uh, that's been a, the coalition has been wonderful. Just the camaraderie, uh, over the meals and just talking and hearing some of the stories and just, it's, I, I enjoy it. That's the part I enjoy the most mm-hmm. probably is the, the networking with people and, and, uh, the like-mindedness of, of what's going on. Well, I think
0: in today's culture, we can use a lot of more of out of the box thinking. Uh, I think we've Been siloed a lot in various ways. We've exhausted the box. That the box is, (laughs) yeah, absolutely. Kevin, what are what are some of the major challenges that you see right now in terms of effective ministry
2: to the homeless? Well, I'd say probably the number one challenge is dealing with the chronic homeless people that are out there on the streets. There is a certain segment of the homeless population that refuse or may not want services. And probably for many different reasons. Um, a lot of the excuses I hear, like when I, I, I go out into the parks and, and work with the police and then we have chaplains going out into the parks and probably one of the biggest comments we hear is, well, I don't like the rules at the shelters. Okay. Well, I get that. Okay. But you need to get your life together. You need to make a change. Um, I remember one day I was out in a park and was ministering to a guy and I, I gave him a, a card and it's a 30 day challenge card. Um, Hold that up to the
1: microphone so everybody yeah, can see it. See it. it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah.
2: I'm right. flipping it over now. There we uh, go. That cool. Way. Yeah. It says tired of being tired and hungry. Uh, your 30 day challenge starts here. That's the site you're looking at right now. Okay. Um, yeah, it says Modestal gospel mission, 30 day challenge. Stay with us for 30 days and experience our program, commit change and restore. Free meals and shelter, men, women, and children. And it gives our address. So this is a card we give to, to folks on the street. Now, right now, we have five guys in the program who are doing this 30-day challenge thing, okay? But there's the thing. If we're challenged to do something for 30 days, I really think that we would probably change. Mm-hmm. And so the idea here is to try to circumvent. Now, we've got people out there that have been homeless for years. Yes. Okay? And... um
1: that's what you mean when you talk about the chronic. Yes, the hom- chronic. Chronically yes, homeless. Yes, chronically They're, homeless. It's Not, just been years and years.
2: Years and years and years. Now, and We've seen some of the chronic homeless folks come into the shelter and get help and break that cycle. But it's actually now become a way of life. Families who have been homeless, generational. Um, and That's you, what they know. That's what they know. Mm. That, mom and dad have always been homeless, so I'm going to be homeless. Um, there's a new group of homeless out. Um, not out, but just have uh, 18 to 23 mm-hmm. um, kids that have come out of foster care. They've matured out of foster care. Now they have nowhere to go. Um, Center of Human Services just opened a great program called Pathways. Right. And um that's meeting that need, but there's still a huge need. And of course, also the rising challenge for women and children. Um, there are a lot of women and children out there in domestic situations that are, Or abusive situations that are that are just horrendous, and they have children, and so we've seen a huge increase in that. So that's some of the challenges. I mean, and and trying to meet them where they're at, at at the point of their need. Mm -hmm. Okay, not so much saying, okay, this is what we can do for you, but saying, as a mission, how can we help address your needs? I mean, beyond the basic need for shelter and the need for food. I mean, that's pretty basic, you know, um, Modesto police put together a brochure, officer John Waller, a great guy, um, for all the services in Modesto. And, and, and I'll tell you what, we hand that out on a regular basis. Mm-hmm. Uh, there are a lot of services in Modesto for, uh, for the homeless and oh, for those who yeah. are low income. Um, I'm amazed at uh, how many there are.
1: There's uh, not a reason at all to be hungry in this city.
2: No,
0: there's not. Yeah. Is, is the challenge for the folks on the street accessing that or knowing where it is, or is it a combination of other things?
2: I, I would say it's just, the, you know, case in point. Salvation Army recently closed their – they're closing their one kitchen um, where they have been at the at the development center there on uh, H Street. Mm-hmm. They're opening the new one over at the 9th Street facility. Uh, I'm sure there will be people that do not walk. From there to there. Yeah, the
1: four blocks. Four blocks yeah. to get mm-hmm. the meal. Right. Okay.
2: Right. um, So, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I, I say this story kind of tongue-in-cheek, but when I was in Pennsylvania at the mission back there, we would get a lot of bagels donated. Okay. And uh, I asked the cook, I said, did you put bagels out this morning? He goes, yeah, but nobody took any. I'm like, well, why? I said, I don't, he said, I don't know. He said, you know, let me try something. So next day, he cuts the bagels. Okay, And he butters the bagels, and he puts them in the oven, and he toasts them. They ate bagels like it was candy. Okay, I'm like, so how would the bagel experiment go? He goes, great, they ate them. So he said, you know what I figured out? He said, if I slice them for them and toast them and put the butter on them, they'll, they'll eat them because they don't have to do any work. Mm. And that was enlightening for me. It's like, okay, it's just a bagel. You can cut the bagel, but there are a lot of people who have been so dependent mm-hmm. on the system. Yeah. That they don't know how to function without
0: that. Well, to, to establish that new paradigm, you do have to meet them where they are, right? And then move them on. You know, I think so. Some, some of the mistakes sometimes we make is we look at people and we expect them to be where we want them to be, and realize that that's not how Jesus deals with us,
2: is it? No, I don't think so. No, yeah. Yeah. He, he hasn't with me. No, he, just, you know, absolutely. he expects me to, you know, <laughs> do, do something, you know, but. You know, in that I think, and loving them where they're at, yeah, uh, is very important. That's whether they're down on Ninth Street, wherever they are, when whatever lifestyle they're in, um, loving them and 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 being Jesus in their life.
0: Kevin, this issue of mental illness, especially when it comes to some of the homeless and, and chronic homeless, hard nut to crack. How do, how do, how do you guys, uh, approach
2: that when you're dealing with the homeless
0: that are, they're struggling with mental illness?
2: Yeah, that's a tough one because the, unfortunately the services, the services, uh, of behavioral health and the, the traditional services have been shrinking. Uh, resources have been shrinking. No pun
0: intended, shrinking.
2: No, right, right, no Sorry. pun intended. We, wow. We, we, uh, I was just thinking I out of the box, yeah. right? Uh, yeah, I got it. Yeah. <laughs>
0: they'll put me back in the box here shortly, I
2: think. <laughs> yeah, that was great. You're on, yeah. So yeah it has been shrinking and and uh, uh so it has been a challenge for for faith-based organizations sure mm-hmm. like ourselves and and probably like what Chris is doing mm-hmm. to really get a handle on that i would probably say that probably 15 to 20% maybe 25% and i don't have accurate statistics on that but are are experiencing mental illness issues okay uh, i wouldn't say it's more than thirty five percent, you know, but and it's differing from county to county. Mm-hmm. But there used to be a lot of resources for for that, like I said, and it, it has just kind of gone away. So what we try to do is we try to have them work within the framework of the mission if they're going to stay the night or something. Um, there are unfortunately some folks that just can't stay because they have so many issues, you know, that sure. getting up and down and, and and you know having violent episodes. So yeah. I,
1: and the thought of sleeping in a room with however many other strangers is, I mean, it's exactly. a scary prospect.
2: It is. I mean, yeah. I, I did it when I came. And I was
1: going to, I wanted to ask you about that. <laughs> I, I, I wanted to ask you when, when Kevin came, his first day at the mission, before anybody knew what he looked like, he went to the mission as a client. Can you tell us about that? How, what that was like? It was,
2: <laughs> it was pretty incredible. So let me back up a little bit here. I had come out um, for my, uh, second interview and my father had had a stroke. And so there were family over and I had planned before I had my interview to stay the night at the mission. Well, it did, it didn't happen. So go to my interview on Saturday morning and the board asks me, one of the board members, um, asked me, would you be willing to do a night undercover? I said, well, most, I kind of chuckled, you know, I thought, Isn't that funny, Lord, that you just kind of put that on my mind and my heart? And I said, yeah, matter of fact, I would. So when I came back, I'd grown my beard. Uh, we left like May 28th and came across country with, uh, in our truck with, uh, a dog, the two kids, the wife and the two cats in the back. Wow. <laughs> yeah. It was quite. Yeah. I was going to put a sign. up: was a California or a bus, but uh, <laughs> you know, it didn't happen, but so anyway, and we came across, and when when we got here, I had a day to go shopping, basically to get some hair color. I'd grown my beard and let my hair grow longer, which for me longer may not be much longer than it is right now, which is not very long <laughs> for those of you who are listening on air, I don't wear very long hair, so anyway um so yeah, and so i uh I went in under the guise of a name of Robert Gonzalez. And uh, I have a picture I showed it to you if you could see it, but have um, you seen the picture? Haven't you? I haven't. No. Oh, okay. All right. Well, while I'm talking here, I'll get this picture for you so everybody can see it. Um, <laughs> but um, the crazy thing was that, you know, look, I'll be honest with you. I've never been homeless. I have been blessed all of my life. I had a wonderful set of parents, even though later I found out that we were all dysfunctional, um, you know, and uh, had a good upbringing. I've always said this, I was, I was, uh, you know, God's saving power is wonderful, but his keeping power is even better. So I was kept Mm. from a lot of things. I could have made other choices, other decisions that would have led me down the wrong path, but I I didn't. God, God had his hand on me. So there was, uh, I went in and, uh, got checked in and, uh, the guys were really nice to me. I said, look, this is my first night. I just got here from Monterey and uh, I just, you know, I, I need a bed like we have an id i said no i don't have an id well you have to get one tomorrow okay all right no problem so they gave me a bed bed number 39 okay so if i ever take you on a tour of the mission you will know i'll take you to bed bed number 39 yeah so then i got in line waited for chapel got into chapel sat there and the homeless folks were just coming up and talking to me Hmm. in, in the in the bullpen area waiting area and i was just talking and you know, I found out that a lot of homeless people are just like you and me. They've just had life has happened to them in a real hard manner. Mm-hmm. Uh, one guy I talked to, he'd been in construction management for like 20 plus years. When the boom, when the bust happened actually in 2006, 2007, he lost everything. Mm-hmm. Lost a crew, lost vehicles, lost everything. Okay. So here's this guy who's in, who's injured his back now, who's waiting for social security, and he's in a, he's in a homeless shelter. Okay. So then I went through everything. They, what happens is the guys come in, they go to chapel, after chapel they eat. Now that night we had cabbage and potatoes. Mm. I'll not say any more about that. <laughs> um, that was difficult as a night in the, in the dorm. <laughs> um, and there were about 75 guys in the dorm that night. And I was surrounded, <laughs> I think. Uh, yeah, surrounded. So you, you go in. A you,
1: cacophony.
2: Uh, yeah, it was a cacophony <laughs> of stuff. Yeah, Um Between snoring coughing <laughs> talking in their sleep and other things um it was crazy i think i slept with one eye open one eye closed so the the guy says hey what time you want to wake up in the morning i'm thinking oh you know six o'clock he says we have two choices four o'clock or five o'clock i'm like well, wake me up at five then later i found out i could have waked woke up at six you know so anyway long story short went through everything showered did everything got into bed Talked to some guys, ministered to some guys when I was there, tried to find out a little bit of their life and and I'll tell you what, um it was it was just a, a real joy. Um and and you know what's interesting? I only did it because I wanted to experience what they go through. Mm. Mm-hmm. But I can't tell you the street credit I got mm. from the guys right. because I did that. Yeah. That wasn't the reason I did that, but that was just one of those. And so when they meet me, they're like, Hey, I heard about you. You're the guy that stayed the night, but you didn't have to. Awesome. Awesome. So while I'm trying to find this picture, uh, you know, it was funny. So we had a staff, uh, association of gospel rescue missions had their annual, their annual convention. So the executive staff were, went to that and I showed up and my executive staff didn't know me. Just one person knew me. So the operations Director said, Oh, so you're Robert Gonzalez. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
0: kind of like so, an undercover blast type uh, scenario there. Yeah. You could have exactly. your own TV show here. Yeah, just, Yeah.
2: TV show. And you know, I would have loved to have done that longer. Um, but I just didn't have the, uh, didn't have the time. And, uh, and I think they would have found me out quickly because I heard later that somebody had said that there was somebody coming. I think one of our board members kind of spilled the beans uh, and, uh, I'm like, oh gosh, I would have loved to just play that out as long as I could. But well, you, you're
1: uh you're a guy that does security out there in the parking lot during the day. He said he spotted you right away. He knew who you were. Yeah. yeah, That's what he,
2: that's what he told me. Yeah. yeah. He goes, yeah, Mr. Carroll, I knew you. I knew. Yeah. Um,
1: but isn't it incredible as you meet people? Oh, okay. Here I'm getting the picture. Oh my goodness. Oh, that, that is there a great go. picture. That's great. Yeah, hold
0: that up to the microphone, Chris, so <laughs> right. everybody can see can it. You there, see it that, that is, uh, <laughs> that is very good,
1: Kevin. You did a Robert. Great job. Robert, thank you. <laughs> yeah, <Yes>. Robert. <laughs> yeah. Uh, just the, the, you know, as, as we drive by, you know, like the normal person, uh, in their car, just driving past downtown Modesto, they would see, you know, groups of people, uh, walking in the streets, some, People that are, that are sitting maybe down by the taco trucks or, or in the parks. And you kind of just have a category in your mind for when you see that. But when you actually take the time to sit and talk to these individuals that are created in the image of God and they have a story and, and life has been so hard for them, it's, it just changes everything. It it changes the way you think.
2: Yeah, it does. And and, and part of what I wanna do as uh you know, just as a minister with the, the homeless and, and just being a modest to is to educate people that the homeless are not those waifs that are looking to mug you or anything like that. I mean there is a certain group that are out there doing that, but I'll tell you what, and that's a small percentage, mm-hmm. these are your brothers, your sisters, your fathers, your mothers, your grandmothers. We had a seventy four year old woman who was homeless. Mm. She had hip surgery, and she could. There was nowhere for her to go. The hospital was done with her. Okay, um, I'm not bad mouthing hospitals, but that they were done with her. But no so, family, no yeah, family, they, nothing.
1: They have no mm. net to catch them. No, right, right,
2: right. When the average person has that safety net, you know, and 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 unfortunately, a lot of people have burned those bridges mm-hmm. that they've had, right. and yeah. so we want to try to repair those. You know, I mean, it's it's difficult. I mean, you know, in the ministry that you do, I mean, you're dealing with people that you that have been just, they're put off, they've mm-hmm. been mm-hmm. rejected, that all kinds of things have happened and, and, uh, you know, I just think that if Jesus was here today in the flesh, I mean, he is with us in the sense that he's in us, that that's where he would be, um, among the lost and among those folks that need, need somebody to, to, to rescue them. Mm-hmm. So it's it's a blessing to be part of it. I mean, I I wake up every morning I'm like, "Oh my gosh. I I get to work with the best people in the world, um and to see the transformation. Uh,
0: yeah. So. Kevin, looking down the road, what uh new out of the box things are you visioning for the ministry there on on Yosemite?
2: Well, you know, there's a couple things that we're we're actually looking at. Um we're looking at doing some partnerships. We've already actually done some partnership with probation uh, where we're providing a, a facility for the AB 109 people to report. Mm-hmm. Uh So like the third Tuesday of every month from, I think it's 11 to four. Um, those who are homeless and transients are going to be able to report to the probation officer. So they are in compliance with their probation. Okay. So they don't get violated. I mean, you know, um, and they're not there to hook them and, you know, stuff them and cuff them. They're there to, hey, look, you need to follow what you need to follow. And, and then we also are partnering with the group from Doctor's Hospital coming up, uh, February 24th for the Affordable Care Act to kind of have an information thing for, for people. Hmm. Um, then some other things we're looking at working with the, the Police Activities League. Um, I met with the, the sheriff who's in charge of that, Brett. I can't remember Brett's last name, but just met him recently and said, we'd love to have you come to our basketball court. We have a basketball court at our children's center that we don't use very often, but we'd love to have some organized sports. Another out-of-the-box thing is we're thinking about maybe hosting the farmer's market for the airport district. Oh, my. That um, would be awesome. That's, that's like, hugely out-of-the-box for us. Yes. Um, but, you know, we're a huge finger, a footprint in the area, and I just think that it, we, they can utilize, you know, the space there that, you know, that we have. So stuff like that, I mean, I just think, you know, and, and then, you know, with the 30 day challenge, that's kind of out of the box. Uh, you know, we've been going in the parks and just challenging people. Um, you know, cause most people think, you know, well, they'll just go to the mission. Well, look, if you were in a car accident or a boat accident, the rescuers wouldn't wait for you to come to them and say, Oh, Hey, by the way, I had an accident. Can you rescue me? No rescuers go to the accident. So we try to, we're trying to do that. Um, and you know, we're, uh, Looking to do just... Uh, I was really challenged with uh, City Ministry Network's uh, presentation of the neighborhood, the neighboring thing uh, with Dave Runyon recently. And, uh, you know, sitting in that training and stuff, uh, Marvin had had mentioned, Marvin Jacob had mentioned, you know, the church has done really well at preaching and teaching. And the church has done really well at acts of compassion. But what we really haven't done is... Development and restoration, and addressing social injustices. Hmm. Look, three blocks from where we are in the mission, yeah. there are no sidewalks, mm-hmm. there are no streetlights. Okay, to me, that's an injustice. It's a it's a political thing, city county stuff, and I I don't want to get into all that stuff because I'm not a politician, but you know, as a believer, uh, I'm like, wow. So, what can we do different? To help in the community and, and, and so, um, and, and always too, when you step out of the box, some people aren't comfortable with it. Right. Because that's not how we've done things.
0: Jesus kind of did that, didn't he? Yeah,
2: he did. Yeah. <laughs> it made um, and, yes. yeah, make people uncomfortable. And like, so, uh, you know, I'm praying that as we go forward in these ventures that, you know, our staff will grow with this. Um, you know, uh, the gospel mission has a rich heritage in the community. And, you know, I'm standing on the shoulders of the people who have gone before me. Mm. Um, but I'm not those people. God's created me to be somebody different and that's Mm -hmm. who I am. And, and I'm not going to rely on their blessing or their manna at that time. I'm relying on what God's giving me in the, in the, you know, and, and, and a ship, you don't, a big ship, you don't, you don't turn automatically fast. So I've been praying God gives me wisdom to say, Hey, look, Lord, show me. What we need to do and not every good idea is a God idea. I just, I want to be cautious of that, you know, and so like I said, with the food, food, uh, the farmers market, um, I heard an incredible thing, which would be completely out of the box for a, a ministry. I was talking to another director. Uh, he's from Oklahoma city. They have a grocery store. Okay. And they don't charge people at all. It's a donated building. The men and women in the program work the store. All of the donated product they get, excess. He says they get truckloads of stuff. They put it in the store. He allows people to come in and get eight items a day. Okay. Or as it, as it lasts. I'm like, you gotta be kidding. That is so out of the box. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. I-
0: well, and especially as you look at the airport neighborhood, there is no place really To legitimately shop for groceries there. You can.
1: Especially if you're on foot.
0: uh, Absolutely. I mean, you can go to some, you know, convenience stores, but that's hardly economical nor nourishing really in the long run. And, uh, I think, you know, Kevin, every city has what we know as the airport neighborhood. Mm -hmm. It's a, it's an area that doesn't have political clout. It doesn't have a lot of champions. Uh, it doesn't have a lot of indigenous folks that are, uh, you know, out there making the, the needs known. It's, it's kind of ignored and, and not, you know, not necessarily on purpose, but it, it, it's neglected. Mm-hmm. And, uh, so I, I think this, this out of the box thinking is, is, is what we need. And, you know, you mentioned before that this whole paradigm of getting out of our comfort zones, and going into the areas where the people need rescuing, uh, mm. so to speak, or rather than, but that's a hard nut to crack, I think, for our, our Western church thought, because we're used to inviting people in. They're going to come to our place, and man, that's, Jesus went out, and a lot of folks aren't going to cross our thresholds unless we go and meet them where they are as they are.
2: Yeah, yeah, exactly, and I think, too, is, you know, and I, I get tired thinking about all this stuff, because, you know, I'm like, you know, there was an old saying years ago that the young people, I'm not that young, set the church on fire and the old folks put it out. So <laughs> um, I, I'm surrounded by people who keep me grounded, <clears> you throat> know, throat> because there are some ideas that are just not practical for us to be involved with. And and, and so, you know, unfortunately, practice play a part here because um, we're funded, you know, privately and we're funded because we're the mission and because people want to, fund for homelessness and women and children and, and, and that kind of thing. So
0: well the Apostle Paul had some ideas and, and he found that, that God had other ideas. You know, so this is nothing new. I mean pushing the box I think is something that God allows us to do and then he provides us with those mid course corrections. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean but Paul was well, looking at going to, to Rome and didn't quite get there the way he thought he would,
2: ultimately, no. right? No, eventually, yeah. So
0: <laughs> Hey, we're bumping the clock here a, a a little bit. Uh Kevin, how can the folks pray for you and and the mission and 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 really pray in a very strategic and meaningful way?
2: Well, I think mostly wisdom. Wisdom and guidance. Um because when you're dealing with so many different factors with people's lives, you have to have the wisdom to help guide them. And, and, and show them what they need to do. And, and also, you know, responding to the community's issues. Um, I, I want to help as many people as I can get off the streets, but I, I think it's more of a community issue. Mm-hmm. Look, uh, Salvation Army and Modesto Gospel Mission are the largest shelters in town. Push has some other programs, but to, to pray that. That we as a city can come together on this issue yes. and, and say, okay, look, we're gonna, we're gonna come together. This is our community. This is Modesto, health, wealth and contentment. There are some people who aren't content. Mm-hmm. So, not healthy. or healthy yeah. or wealthy. Okay. Mm-hmm. And that's not all that in a bag of chips, but. And the water
0: is an issue now too. Yeah. yeah the water is an issue too. Job. There's not, oh. you know,
2: mm-hmm. so to, to pray that, that those of us who are in the, position to make a change in somebody's life would be sensitive to that. Mm. Um, Mm. Not our, not our agenda, you know, Mm. like the Lord said, not my will, but, but his will. And, you know, and just come out and support the events that we're doing in the, in the Salvation Army. And just, you know, I think that's important. Financial support, prayer support, that's all important.
0: Kevin, how can folks get a hold of you if they're interested in asking you questions or maybe finding out more information about
2: it? Yeah, mission? I mean they can call me at the mission, uh two zero nine five two nine eight two five nine. They can visit us at uh homelessmission dot org on the web. Um if they want to send me an email, um uh, my email K Carroll C A R R O L L at homelessmission dot org. Um I guarantee you I may not have an answer, but I know the one who has an answer. Mm. And that's the Lord, and and it, just at the end of this, I want to say that that you know my staff are like, well, you're the boss. I'm like, no, I'm not the boss. I'm the underling here. Mm-hmm. The Lord is the boss. That's right. And I put my pants on one leg at a time, just like everybody else. And so my position doesn't make me any more special than anybody else. God just happened to tap me on the shoulder and say, son, you know this is this is what I want you to do. So it's it's been a pleasure to be here with you and and uh just share the passion and, and, uh, yeah.
0: Oh, our, our pleasure, Kevin. Hey, Chris, uh, would you pray for Kevin and the mission as we, uh, close tonight?
1: Sure. I'd love to. Lord, uh, we, uh, bow our hearts and, um, in prayer right now for the gospel mission. Um, and together we ask for your blessing to rest there. Thank you, that it has been a, a place in our city of compassion mm. and uh, grace and hope for many, many years. And God, we pray that uh, that it would be that for many years to come. Lord, we just ask that you would uh, provide for the mission for all that it needs financially and for the wisdom uh, that Kevin has asked for in um, steering this ship in the direction that you would have it go. Uh, Lord, we pray that you would remove obstacles for the, the things that you want to see happen and, uh, give them wisdom to, uh, uh, make the right choices and to go in the right direction that you'd have them go. Thank you so much for the mission. Bless it. Keep it. And I pray that this community would be one that would support it for a a long time coming. Thank you. In Jesus name. Amen.
0: Amen. Again, our guest today, Kevin Carroll from the, Desto Gospel Mission. Of course, our co-host and producer, Chris Whitler, with us as well. And reminder, friends, uh, hundreds of opportunities to serve up on our website. Mm. Check it out at vibrantcommunities.org, vibrantcommunities.org. Click the meet a need today, and there's a whole bunch of ways that you can go out and be Jesus with skin on to people uh, who need help. Again, this is Mike Douglas. Thanks for joining us this evening. We'll see you next time here on Lighthouse
1: Live.